fresh dose of tech news and insight. This is the Early Burb Briefing. Next Gen Ryzen now has a date. It is Wednesday, August 17th, 2022. This is the Early Burb Briefing. I'm Eagle Falcon. Bitcoin is up 0.65%, breaking its two-day downward streak. And Ethereum also up 1.8%, breaking its two-day downward streak. We'll see how long that lasts. But for the most part, not much of a fluctuation. Ryzen now officially has a date for when they're going to talk about its next-gen Ryzen 7000 processors, which will be doing away with the old-style socket. So long, AM4 and everything that came with it, and we will welcome AM5, which will be an LGA-style socket, pretty much exactly the same, like, well, not exactly the same, but pretty much almost exactly the same like we've seen from Intel, and also, well, probably not Threadripper. It doesn't look like it will be like Threadripper that you have to take, like, a cartridge of processor and put it into a slot, and then, like, torques it down to an insane degree it looks like it'll be closer to what intel does it will feature desktop chips that will be able to boost past 5 gigahertz as well as ddr5 and pci express 5.0 support out of the box but of course it's going to depend all on the motherboard you buy so it'll be interesting to see how that's all supported down the stack and also what the price is as we reported I believe yesterday, that the price of these chips are going to be a bit higher. Part of that could just be the adoption of the new socket, adoption of the new technology. But as I speculated yesterday, a good chunk of it is also just the cost of everything going up. TSMC, of course, as I said yesterday, did say they were going to increase the price of chips they fabricate. That bulk order prices were going to go up. The price being passed down to us on the consumer side pretty expected if you ask me but at the same time it's gonna be very very interesting to see what kind of specs we're gonna see out of this we've been hearing a lot of rumors now it is finally time to see how they are actually august 29th we don't have to wait too much longer for all of this now, in other news, oddly enough, going to the crypto scene, Mark Cuban is being sued for allegedly promoting a crypto Ponzi scheme. Now, I think the word crypto and Ponzi scheme kind of go hand in hand, considering that pretty much every single brand new cryptocurrency that's ever launched ends up being a Ponzi scheme, whether intentionally, like the majority of them are, or accidentally, like a few number of them are. Almost all of them, unless they become a new Ethereum or a new Bitcoin, almost always end up being some kind of pyramid scheme or pump and dump scheme. And for some reason, people continue to just buy into it. Now, this particular one that Mark Cuban is being sued for is known as Voyager Digital. Now, what's going to be interesting about this case is... Mark Cuban is in a lose-lose situation. The guy is a billionaire investor and has a track record, at least, or at least a reputation of being a huge, underlying, huge 
investor in cutting edge tech. But no matter how this case ends up, it's going to be one of two things. It is either A, he is going to be found innocent that he wasn't promoting a massive Ponzi scheme just on the grounds that he didn't know it was a Ponzi scheme, which then makes him look like an idiot and ruins his credibility that way. Or he has found that, in fact, he knew that this kind of risk was associated and that he's found guilty of promoting fraud, or in this case, a Ponzi scheme, and ruins his reputation that way. It will take a near miracle for Mark Cuban to escape this with his reputation in any sort of credibility at the end of this. I don't see how it ends any other way, but we'll have to see how it goes. And now with another random shift of the gears, a name I haven't heard in a while is back in the news. Darren Kitchen of the hacker podcast Hack5 is back in the limelight with a new version of an old hacking tool they developed. This tool is known as the USB rubber ducky. The rubber ducky, the previous iterations of it, are very fascinating. You recode a USB drive, and it's done in such a way that it will, or I think it's actually a hardware mod actually on the USB, I think it actually is a hardware mod, I'm thinking of something else, but the USB rubber ducky looks like a normal flash drive. However, when you insert it into a PC, and theoretically this can work on any PC, but your payload needs to be adjusted depending on the kind of PC you're installing it on, we'll see it as a USB keyboard. And thus, we'll just accept whatever keystrokes are in the payload. So, the payload, of course, is then inserted onto a micro SD card slot actually on the drive, and then it just does whatever. It could be something very, very simple. It could actually be even be used for something that's non-malicious. If I wanted to go ahead and make a, use one of these USB rubber duckies to just, at the speed of thought, and put a command to run Windows Update or some other kind of update, insert it, wait a few seconds for the virtual keyboard to put in the payload to bring up Windows Update, unplug it, move to the next computer, plug it, unplug it, and just, just move on that way. Easy peasy. The newest version of this that has just been made now uses both USB-A and USB-C. And on top of that, now uses a custom software on it, so it is now more compatible and actually has much, much, much more capability. This can even theoretically work with Android devices because that USB-C connector. Now, of course, here's the thing. This can end up being a very dangerous tool in the wrong hands. If a hacker that has malice plan towards a machine and uses a payload that will automatically install software to take remote control of this PC or do whatever with it or just skim a whole lot of data off the computer, it is in fact potentially used for a lot of danger. But here's the thing with the rubber ducky, with the USB rubber ducky. 
in the world of hacking and the world of penetration testing on systems, there is a rule. Once you have physical access to the machine, all bets are off. Because once you have physical access to the machine, then, you, then the goal is just to take data off it. Pfft, sky's the limits. Brute force the password, take apart the machine, take out the hard drive, freeze the RAM, steal, steal it off that way, use any number of various cache reading vulnerabilities that exist in a metric ton of these kinds of CPUs and whatnot. The sky is, in fact, the limits. And it's not one that you really should be concerned with at all. So, I mean, it's a very interesting tool. It is absolutely fascinating. Especially considering some of the other tools that Darren Kitchen and Hack5 has come up with including the Wi-Fi Pineapple and the USB Switchblade, just being two of the ones that I remember from way, way, way back in the day. It's also nice just to see Hack5 is still around because they come up with some very, very interesting penetration tools for the community that will really make everyone rethink what is and isn't safe on a system. That's going to do it for me. Stay safe and stay healthy.